everybody, I'm Lisa Morrell from Equine Alchemy and welcome back to the summit, Transforming and Thriving Divorce Wisdom. And today I want to welcome Anna Twinney. Hi, Anna. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> I'm so happy you had a chance to join us since you've been, what'd you say, gone for six weeks? I have been gone for six weeks on the road, out gentling feral horses, tribal horses, wild oh horses, ultimately generally known as Mustangs. Oh, I can't wait to hear more about those. But first, I want to tell everyone a little bit more about you, if that's okay. So I'm going to read this because she's done so many incredible things. I want I don't want to miss anything, okay? So Anna is an international horse whisperer, author, speaker, equine coach, animal communicator, and energy healer. First, you saw the need for equines in therapy during your years as a British police officer. That is so fascinating. You left your life and family in the UK and came to the US. Wow, that was kind of like when I left New Mexico and moved to Paris. <laughs> a little bit of a culture shock, right? And uh, you came as an equine behaviorist and international horse whisperer. Then in 2005, you founded Reach Out to Horses. And it's a program that would have almost instant global reach and it teaches a unique methodology of horsemanship, compassionate communication, and the importance of awareness in all of our horse-human interactions. And that is why I was saying earlier how much I wanted to come and work with you. You've also worked with tens of thousands of horses, lucky you, both wild and domestic, to help them have a brighter future within the world of humans, so needed. But you've also helped tens of thousands of people to better understand and experience greater success in transformative interactions with their equine counterparts. Your extensive library has uh, included 12 DVDs, hundreds of hours of online programs and content, a series of books and other offerings such as mentorship programs, courses and clinics. You've also developed your own line of gentling and horsemanship tools that facilitate any holistic horsewoman or man on their journey. Hmm. With over two decades of experience in equine coaching, horse whispering, healing, and animal communication, you're one of the most sought after horsewomen at the forefront of the movement towards awareness, congruency, and authenticity in horsemanship today. So all I can say about that is thank you. <laughs> really really needed you can tell how important it is to you so yeah. go ahead but i was going to say it is it's one of those things that for those that are listening it became a calling and i'm sure everybody has a different a different take on it as to how they were called and for me every single path led to listening to the horses and every single path I couldn't avoid my destiny and that's exactly it with a head-on car accident with being a British police officer and my horse carrying me all to the very same place in California there was no no question where I was being led and what I was being led to do and that's a really neat thing to to realize that some, sometimes we have to listen to the calling and other times we can manifest our own reality. And yet at the same time, if you're meant to do something very important in the world, you cannot deny and you cannot refuse and you cannot hear your destiny because it's going to come about anyway. 
I totally agree with you. Actually, that's when you know it is your destiny, when you can't escape it. It's all as though you have no choice. Right. You know, I feel that way about horses, too. So I think we are very aligned in that direction. Well, I wanted to kind of uh, give our audience and people that are watching an opportunity to learn more about what it is that you do and to experience experience your wisdom and uh, some of the things that you're working on currently, have worked on, and you're going to be working on in the future. So I have some questions. And if you want to just start, go ahead right now. And then... Uh, well, Lisa, one of the big things is that I created the business model on supporting rescues and creating an outreach for the horses. And I feel like my whole life has been helping the underdog, helping the individuals that could not help themselves. Be that the past career that I had, even moving on to this career, little did I know that it would move over to horses and ultimately animals as a whole to be able to give that voice to them through the telepathic means, but also through the handling. Quite different, actually. It's different hats that I wear for the fact that when you're out there with the wild ones, you're looking at being very, very present and seeing and capturing the whisper all the time while being very mindful of your own movements and quite different than when we're looking at the telepathic piece of traveling the world talking to elephants and sloths and snakes and horses and ultimately getting very quiet within to be able to hear them. So similarities, parallel paths, and at the same time, something rather different depending on what people choose to do. But both involve the coaching aspect to look at who we are inside as to who we want to become ultimately when we're around the horses. So that's, all of that is fascinating. One of the things that I, I, I heard you say that it's so important is that looking inside ourselves. So what is it that you feel requires us to do that? How do we know that that's what we're going to have to do if we're going to have any communication with the sentient being, whether it be a horse or anyone else? Well, horsemanship has changed so much over the years in one way. In another way, it stayed exceedingly traditional, so to speak. Let's use that word loosely. And I feel that the majority of individuals aren't so interested in getting that true partnership where we're looking at what is, what is partnership anyway? Do we consider the partnership where the horse is compliant and ultimately robotic, where they have little choice and little voice? because they're doing exactly what we're saying. So for example, that would mean standing still at the mountain block and ultimately moving forward only when requested, going left and right when suggested, et cetera. And that would be a, so speak, good horse. And then often the bad horse would be the one labeled as a voice that might say, I'm not going that way, or I'm stopping here, or you need to exit at this moment in time. So we all look at something different within a horse. And for me, it was going to sound very dramatic, but for me, it was not about becoming a prisoner. And so when you're gentling the wild ones, that 12 by 12 or 24 by 24 area can be seen as a prison or it can be seen as a place of rest and tranquility and a place for reflection for that horse. So when we move forward, we can either find an individual that would say it's always the horse's fault or this is what the end game looks like, how they get there is up to them. It can also be the fact that we're training that horse. But the truth is, when we're looking for 
for that true partnership, that relationship, that willing individual who has so much wisdom to offer and way more than we will ever get in our lifetime. To be able to do that, we have to be exceedingly open. And, and it's fine to have a preconceived idea as to what's expected or indeed an agenda as to where we're moving forward to a degree, but there needs to be fluidity throughout that there's so much more required, right? We can state we have an open mind when in fact we do not. It's so closed and we're skeptical and cynical, or we have that open mind to say, what is gonna come? Is there truly an open canvas here? And we can paint this canvas together because that would be an agenda-free situation. But if all we have is agenda-free from a horse training standpoint, nothing would get done. Right. Because then we're walking in clueless and potentially without the confidence or the guidance that was required. So it is a catch 22 because we've got to be confident inside. We've got to know who we are, have that willingness to be humbled, be exceedingly open, listen to those whispers. And that could be your intuition as well as what your eye is seeing. So there's a lot required. I think one word, if we had to have one, it would be awareness. Mm -hmm. See the leader out in the wild is aware, he's aware of movement, of color changes, of bio, biometric, bio, biometric pressure changes. Um, so the environmental shifts, they're aware of all of that. They're aware of what they're capable of doing, how far away they are from danger, where they need to be heading, what the herd is doing. So ultimately awareness is the key. But with that awareness, I think often people look outside to say, I'm aware as to what that horse is communicating. But the truth is we have to realize that there's only one chance to make a first impression. And any first impression, be that that you put your foot in the stirrup iron or you're reaching out to that horse to say hello, you're supporting that individual because they've come onto your property. No matter what that is, there's only one chance to make a first impression on every day. Who are you today? You know, it's always a first impression to check into an individual. There's not often a second chance to do that. With that in mind, we have to know who we are pretty well. And that comes under the mindful movement to realize what, what are you doing? Are you in your head? Are you in your heart? Are you in your heart alone? Can you balance the two? Can you live between these, these two worlds? And are you capable of recognizing what is yours when your movement affects another? And so a lot of this, when I say it goes from within, it would be, are you mindful of your chatter in your head? Are you mindful of your agenda, how you move and how you're being perceived? Are you mindful of your effect on another? For me, that's what true horsemanship has become, is that mindfulness to, to take the responsibility of action. And that's really needed in today's society where it's quick fix. And individuals are looking for solutions and answers right away because Siri and Alexa, are, they're answering everything. And people expect that with the horse world too. So it's, it's a good piece to know. So would you, you mentioned within this uh, that, that openness, that open blank canvas to be open to this horse wisdom more yeah. so than we would ever have. So, and then you talk about awareness and mindfulness. Is that... The part of the wisdom you talked about the wild horses and their awareness and their mindfulness is that part of the horse wisdom that you're referring to and what other parts i think if we went back my 20 30 40 years of horsemanship 
none of this was truly talked about and we were looking at the awareness of what structure was required to get your balance and your feel in horsemanship and and to realize if we're looking for the etiquette and the style of horsemanship that is just one aspect and as we move forward and for me it's every horse I've I've flown around the world in search of the language of the horse Mm -hmm. and to to realize it's all authentic you know from the foals through to the geriatrics how would it differ how would it differ with nurse foals tribal foals feedlot foals and premarins as well as mustang and show foals I've been fortunate to make that my life's work to look at these individuals these poor individuals that have had terrible cards dealt to them be that the mustangs now and the feral horses too and everything in between it doesn't matter really if somebody's on a show circuit or if we're looking at a wild horse being a behaviorist i look at what's it truly about what's that horse trying to tell us right the whispers in the eye for me and i used to teach that all the time that you'd say one the whispers not in the butt so why people are looking at the butt i don't know but the whispers in the eye and it's the window to the soul you can see their emotion so their grief their understanding their clarity, their confusion, all in the eye, but also their next actions are in the eye. So this awareness really stems from the fact what piece of body language means what on a horse so that we have that structure in place. But then let's go beyond that because if all we look at is everything as body language, we'll miss the space in between us and that individual. And that space in between is, is the beauty and the magic. It's the beauty and the magic to go, I'm sensing this. I'm sensing their worry. I'm sensing their next move. I'm sensing. So feel and timing with a horse could be feel of pressure release, feel of when I touch their skin, if they're anxious or tense, etc. But then there's another kind of feel. And that feel is, what am I intuiting? Mm-hmm. What's my heart telling me about this situation? And going from that headspace into the heart, what's my heart saying? But also, what am I feeling in between us? Because it, it's not always pretty. The horses can drop us into the heart, but they might, and I had this last week, they might be sending a warning signal where your tummy churns to say, this is too much for me. Mm-hmm. And I could feel that I'm cornered and I, I could look at flights. And if I can't get the flight, I'm looking at fight here. So they can send you that energetic pressure where your tummy would churn to. So we look at the wisdom of the horses. We've got the wisdom of the herds, the dynamics that they have, how they operate as a unit together. We've got different wisdom of herds when you start to look at how people manage horses, be that out in the prairies or in the high desert, even looking at island living. There's all these wild horses that way to realize how much they're teaching us. But the challenge also lies in the fact if if we think we know the language, are we truly open to it? Uh And are we truly interpreting it correctly? That's the other piece. Because you'll hear a lot of things, Lisa, in your time too, where people will go, well, he's releasing, he's licking and chewing. Mm -hmm. That's a release. But is it? Is it a horse processing? Is it the fact that you've released pressure 
So the release isn't taking on a human's release, but in fact, we've stepped away. A horse will, if they perceive it as pressure, they're going to look and chew when you step away. Mm -hmm. So there's so many reasons. They might be saying, I'm a herbivore, I mean no harm, or I'm a herbivore and I hope you mean no harm. So there's many ways to interpret this language. And it'd be very easy to say, well, I've learned that, it means this. And then the mind has automatically closed while one thinks it's open because you've got the answer. And often it's about sitting back and the listening can be within the pause. So many ways to listen, right? You listen with your eyes where you see the minor nuances. You listen with the heart. You can listen with your gut. And the pause allows for them to come through. They're coming through and they have a chance to breathe and answer. Hmm. That's so similar. This is how, because I teach uh, coach federation, international coach federation coaching for people. I first came up with the idea after I started studying with the horses. I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry to all my old clients because I don't know what I was doing because I had this preconceived notion of what they needed or what their problem or issue was without even listening to them. And then when I became involved with horses and experienced what you're talking about, about my, my I'll, I'll use the word projection, or just putting on top of them what, just my information, yeah. not trying to be bad or good or right or wrong, until I learned to listen, to step back and notice that there was room, if not necessity, for uh, both of us yeah. in the relationship. It's not just about one or the other. Right. And it's so easy because we accumulate information through knowledge and to put those experiences to one side would be false too. We're here mm -hmm. to accumulate that knowledge and it's worth something. And so having been a first responder for many years, to put that to one side would not be correct. That knowledge came for a reason. It's made me who I am and it supports me in coaching around the world. It gives me enough knowledge and wisdom to discern situations, to keep me safe, but also put me in a situation to understand what people are either looking for, reading between the lines, reading the body language and being a body language specialist. So at first that came with humans for me and then later with the horses and vice versa to bring them all together as one. And so, of course, that information's essential. It's so essential to bring that forward, to read a person's body language, to, to understand who they are and what they can't speak of right now and how to guide them through it with horses. And for me, horsemanship, it doesn't matter if we're looking at coaching or not, every horsemanship piece has a degree of coaching. If you're the kind of individual I am, which is not to blame the horse and not to have a cookie cutter approach and not look at the McDonald's of horsemanship so that the horse has to go through games every day of his life that are totally unsuitable. So now we're looking at ourselves to make it more tailor-made and personalized, personalized for the horse, personalized for the human. So that plays a part. Pausing to allow the horse to come in place, such a big part. And then I was going to add in there, we bring in the animal communication. Now we're training the eyes to look, to bring that information forward because it's a value and to go quiet, to allow the horse a voice through movement. But on top of that, to go quiet, to allow the intuition to come in 
or indeed animal communication. And that could come through the pictures, the voices, the inner knowing. So there's so many layers to this, which went back to where I began, which was I learned the horse whispering through body language. Then you layer it with the energetic portion. Then you layer it with the telepathic portion. And you go, this wisdom goes beyond her dynamics behavior through the years that they've been on this planet and their their way to evolve to still be living on this planet it goes beyond that to realize they're the best um the best teachers i've ever met the best teachers and i've met a lot of animals i can i i i'm not arguing you're preaching to the choirs they say it is uh, that's why thriving when I talk about transforming, yes, all of the things we just talked about, all of the things you pointed out, I love that you talked about the layers and the different dimensions of it, if you will. It's just not flat. There's so many different dimensions to it. But bringing, it's kind of like when you said, if you're just paying attention, if you just come in open, but you don't you take any of the information you had already, you don't get anywhere. Yeah. So you have to combine those two things or integrate those two things in the words you that I heard was discernment and yes. horses are incredible discerners of what is needed in that moment and I, I just I love that so there's that that element of horse wisdom if we delve into it like you have been doing that we can learn about ourselves but then the thriving is they've been around for a long time and they're still doing it no matter what we humans have done yeah so yeah, absolutely. I, I so much comes to mind when you're you're speaking because I, it's the paradigm in which we were born to, and I and I feel like this evolution includes the fact that I would have been teaching the the whispers in the eye, and then I figured the whispers not in the eye, the whispers in the telepathic portion. So pre-eye will get a sense and an inner, inner knowing. So the whispers truly there in horse whispering. And then for me also, it changed from body language to the telepathic portion, but now even more so to realize when we're coaching, this actually came through an animal communication session and it was connecting with a horse for a coach. And she had asked me to connect. She's basically stated my horse is dangerous. He's bitten somebody and this is an emergency session and I need to figure out why he's bitten something, somebody. And he came back with, we're partners in this. When he was trying to act it out to pantomime it, his whole piece was, when were you going to step in? You never stepped in. And then afterwards, you're concerned about my actions, but you never actually stepped in. You were sitting back. And it was such a piece of education for her, to, for me to come in also as a coach to go, this is how I perceive what your horse is stating. Mm -hmm. And this is perhaps another aspect you can consider, which is you're working as a team and I can see you're clearly not guiding this, which is great. You're sitting back, you're discerning, you're waiting and you're doing a lot of questions of how are you feeling and what does this mean to you and so on. But your horse wants you to step in another way, which is to actually guide along and go, what are you thinking right now? Because he's about to bite you. 
you need to step back because whatever you're doing right now is going to churn something up inside. And it was really wonderful to look at it, to go, yeah, there's so many styles of coaching. You know this. There's the styles to allow it to happen. There's the non-talk therapy. There's the energetic form, energy healing for both human and horse. Then there's the one where we set up exercises for them to perform, be that for businesses and so on. And yet I watch this and in the coaching that happens organically while we're gentling Mustangs or gentling foals, even the coaching that happens in animal communication classes, it's the land. So I added putting in the land. The land plays such a big part and then spirit on top. To be able to, we were talking about stepping out of our own way, but that the trust that is required in what's unfolding with spirit, the land, the horse, the student and you. So now magic number five, I look at it and go, this is no longer about the horse alone. When people say the horse was my greatest teacher, they will be, but without the facilitator, there's no teaching truly going on because you need the discernment. So now we have you, then we have the us, the instructor, we have the horse, but would it not be remiss to state that this has come from above? This is divine. So there's that piece. And then the land is not without its energy. Fast I, I, forward. Yes. Fast forward 22 years, I've gone, oh my God, I'm like you. What was I teaching? What was I teaching all those years ago? <laughs> it's so incredible. It, well, my whole background is in system, systems. So when you're talking about all of this, that's what it is. And I don't feel that there's any one of those aspects that they're all incredible. They're yeah. all very true. They are very real. It's the relationship between them that creates that system. And if, you, if one is not aware of that, if one has no practice in, in being in that, how can there be uh, an interspecies communication understanding or even just between you and I, two humans, you wonder why people don't communicate. Right? It's still taking any one of these pieces rather than looking at them all as a system and seeing how they act together. Yeah, so. You, you know, if you're okay with it, there's a little side story in it. It was personal to me it was about a year ago so I have Excalibur the Spanish Mustang and he's an incredible mate incredible partner and he is he's on the cover of the book Beyond the Barn he's on the cover of Call of the Horse CD he's on DVDs he's got I read own... about him when I <laughs> with the material you sent yes he's got his own own mission and yeah. you, you one thinks at first riding a Mustang's amazing which it is but then he took all of my methods into intuitive writing he didn't want the structure so we started to go into telepathic writing so everything I teach came from him originally but here's the fun story is it was before we came to North Carolina we were in Colorado and Excalibur is very expressive and he's a very bold teacher he is not soft and kind and mushy he's He's a Taurus and um, he steps into his power and he's a leader of leaders. His father was a leader. His mother was a lead mayor. So that gives it you a little bit of an insight and picture. And he knows he's here as an ambassador. So here we are. He steps on my foot. 
quite unusual actually because he never used to do that never does do that but it was very deliberate and this is the big thing it's conscious thought so he stepped on the foot and he didn't just take it off and I'm standing there going you need to get off and then it's this thing of get off my foot x this is hurting and he had to push him off quite strongly and I know what it often means it often means you're not present and I was looking at that to go, you know what? I came out present. I put my work behind me. By the time I get to Excalibur, it's always when I'm pretty damn present. Mm -hmm. And then um, with it, this is a fun fact, with it, laminitis can represent the flow of life. Mm -hmm. And for those who do or do not know, horses can take on on times our disease or our ailments physically they can take on emotional mental pieces but they can take on the physical too so Excalibur in his time has taken on a number of things despite the fact I've asked him not to so combine laminitis with stepping on my foot it's just before we moved and I'm thinking you're wrong you know I am in the moment I'm going with the flow I was so proud of myself with COVID it had just hit we were dancing with the, the rain in the storm, thinking it would be two months worth of COVID in those days. And I couldn't understand it. I'm thinking I'm going with the flow. Mm. So bottom line was this. It took me three months to understand Excalibur's message, which was, Anna, you are controlling the flow. That's what you're wow. doing. You're controlling it. When something happens, you put the fire out. If the phone call comes in, the email comes in, you're controlling that flow. And, you know, no matter where you are in the world, I was in Singapore when COVID hit. I got back. I was very much in the flow. Then clinics change. People change. We work doubly hard for half the money. All of these wonderful things that happened that I go, look at me flowing. And his whole point was, no, flow means having a, an open connection to God, to the divine, to spirit. Flow means being able to integrate energy healing with animal communication and horsemanship, not dividing it anymore. I could tell you why I have. I can tell you I've compartmentalized it all because certain clients don't want animal communication. They only want horsemanship so I can deliver. And I packaged it that way until I created the In Partnership with Horses DVD, which was designed for all coaches. It was designed to help the horse, to give a voice for the horse and make sure the horse was totally taken care of as a partner in all these businesses that I saw they were not partnering with. They were using, they were using them and yes, often abuse absolutely. and neglect, right? Because nobody really knew there was a quick fix of every can become an equine coach but there wasn't necessarily the coaching behind the horsemanship that was required with correct saddle fit and nutrition and holistic horsemanship and so that dvd i ended up giving away to a thousand path certified locations one thousand we sent it out to uh, which was amazing right so i still look at the excalibur thing to go yeah the flow is about creativity it is about dealing with what's in front of you but it wasn't the flow he was trying to impart and teach his flow was connect with source find mm -hmm. the pleasure in what's coming your way find the true pleasure don't try and discern it and don't try to <laughs> all the things we've been talking about all the things we do yeah it's the flow, and yeah. it's the next level it's that so I true it's so, so true.
so yeah after we've just said yes we do that and isn't it amazing and then he says there's another level here folks are we ready to reach that next level and you go wow i just thought i'd mastered these five elements and aspects and there's the next one so it's only think, to prepare you for this one to connect yeah. with the divine yeah. I, I completely understand yeah i had an accident uh, I came off of my horse not too long ago uh, and I got a pretty bad, con I had a pretty bad concussion and I thought I was really present. We were going, uh, cause I still jump and um, apparently not. I was apparently not present. And I've been working on that and working on that in terms of, I know there's something really important for me here. I know that. And I, and, and no matter what I try, I know it's all about the divine and me and that connection and so that's the horse wisdom sometimes it's a little rougher than others <laughs> yeah yeah it's life-changing i i can empathize with you because i also had a concussion a number of years ago and i knew it would change my life and it did it changed my life significantly and perhaps that's the one i didn't control because there was no controlling to be had and there's nobody told me and maybe they didn't tell others that the concussions build up you've had more than one yes i found that out too <laughs> yeah. i just thought they were all individual and that becomes life-changing to realize oh my goodness there's been a few and now we don't quite come back the way we did but but if we look bigger than that right we look bigger to go what is this truly about and where will this now take me and where am I needing to be now on this journey? And how will I integrate all of that in to support me? But also, you know, it's not the light back and go, okay, this is my lot and I need to just surrender to it. I don't believe that too. And that's the big question for a lot of people of, well, is it simply about surrendering? Not necessarily because it can be about building your life back up. It's not just take your lot and sit with it and go, well, it's meant to be that way. No, perhaps you're meant to climb that mountain and so that's where the divine comes in to come in with this coaching of do not just simply sit back don't think sitting on the couch putting your shingle out will do the job don't think sitting on the couch because you've got the two by four to go you're meant to be sitting this one out perhaps not at all we no. need to be revisiting and moving forward and finding our new way i i agree i don't think it's uh, a coincidence although i now Think of it that this whole thing we're doing is called a summit, climbing up. Yeah. And, and after this concussion, and I yeah. think you just described my life, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I am so grateful that you took the time and very honored to hear some of your stories and, and really just to hear you give us your perspective and share with us your journey just a little bit. Just a little bit. And we're sharing some things, you know, together that we're experiencing, which is pretty neat as well. And yeah. discovering, which is lovely. Well, you know, it's pretty, it would be kind of out of alignment if we talked about sharing and integrating and relating and <laughs> doing it with each other. <laughs> that would be a little strange. But in any case, is there anything that you wanted to invite people? What is coming up next for you that you'd like people to know about the all of you who are just amazed with Anna as I am. Absolutely. This year has been a big year for me on gentling the wild ones and giving the voice to these 
wild individuals who, who are needing to transition over into domestication due to the partially the way they're being managed, be that on for the tribes or be that for the BLM. It's a life mission that I've been having to to give the voice to these individuals. So if if it's the wild ones you're seeking to support them and help place them, give them the voice, even gentle them in a kind way. We have a number of clinics next year, not this year, workshops that involve wild foals and wild horses. But if in fact you're looking to look more into animal communication, we start our animal communication every spring and we have a mentorship program for people to be with me for a full year. I always like to put this piece in because all too often individuals sign up for a short webinar that we have as well. And we do free ones in January and we do other ones that um, for all around the globe and you can sign in virtually. And individuals will sign up for that nine hours. And then I say, but this is the tip of the iceberg. Our program is 200 hours of no repetition. So just when you think telepathy means quiet in your mind and drop into your heart, there's 200 hours more. So yes, we have the DVDs. We offer 50% off of all DVDs because COVID's still on and it's a COVID special off of DVDs that will stick. So no matter when you listen to this um, summit, the 50% will apply to you. And thus you can look at starting your career within partnership with horses, animal communication, Reiki energy healing for horses. We have that this December. It's an original program. I brought it to the horses through horse whispering and through energy healing. And you can come to any witch class, no matter what makes your heart sing, we'll have something for you. Thank Beautiful. you. And you can look below and you will see some of these things that Anna's been talking about and be able to just get right on that. And Thank some you. Of that. All right. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you.